Well, as the vicar of this church, let me uh, add my welcome to that of my colleague David earlier in the uh, service. You're very, very welcome to be here. It's lovely to have you. I love everything about Christmas, family, uh, friends, hearing from old friends again, food, fun, playing games that we don't normally play. I love it all. And I love presents. I love giving them. And just in case you're still wondering if you should or you shouldn't, let me assure you, I love getting them too. Uh, When I was a boy, I I used to get really excited when the biggest present under the tree had my name on it. I still get excited about presents, but now I've come to realise that all the best things come in small packages. Well, you see, I have to believe that. I am, after all, only five foot six and a half inches tall myself. All the best things come in small packages. And ladies, you know the truth of that. What girl wouldn't be thrilled to receive a little box like this on Christmas Day? All the best things come in small packages. And that is certainly true when we get to the very heart of Christmas itself. Because Christmas is God in a baby. The very best thing in a very small package. Listen to those famous words that we had read right at the beginning of our service. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word, the the life force behind everything, the one who caused all things to come into being, the one who made all that we see around us, the Word became flesh. Can you believe it? The great God who made the 400 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy, the one who made our sun 150 trillion miles from the centre of our galaxy, the one who created 100 billion galaxies, each with more than 100 billion stars, The one who made all of that, and not just all the big stuff, but the one who made the minute details of our existence. The molecules, the neutrons, the protons that make up planet Earth. The 75,000 miles of blood vessels in your body that carry around your, your blood to over 60 trillion cells. The God who made all that became a human being. God in a baby. We sang it in our opening carols, in the first carol. These were the words, God of God, very God, begotten, not created. In our second carol, in the bleak midwinter, a stable place sufficed, the Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ. It is the great event of Christmas. More than that, it is the beginning of the greatest event that ever happened in the history of humankind. Our God appeared on the scene as a baby. And he grew up and lived a perfect life and then he died a death that will be remembered for all eternity. Ladies and gentlemen, this evening we are celebrating the greatest event that ever happened on planet Earth. But let me ask you, does it appear to you like that? Do you think if if all the leaders of the world could get together and bring about a global peace that that would be a bigger event than Christmas? Peace in Afghanistan and Iraq and all the troubled spots of this war-torn planet. It would be huge, but, but bigger than God coming among us? Or if the presidents and prime ministers of the nations could come to an agreement on cutting greenhouse gases and, and carbon emissions. Well, that really would be something, but bigger than God becoming a man? Or if they could end this global economic crisis and at the same time stop global poverty. That would be quite something. But still, nothing bigger that can happen than this. God being born in a stable in Bethlehem, growing up to be a boy and then a man, and while being human, was God in all his attributes. But when you think about it like that, you you can't but wonder and ask why. Why would God come and do such a thing? 
Well, to answer that question, consider this evening the tragedy of Christmas and the wonder of Christmas. Firstly, the tragedy of Christmas. And again, the words that we had read right at the beginning of our service together. He who made the world was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world didn't recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. I said I like everything about Christmas. I do need to qualify that. I don't like Christmas shopping. Fighting through the crowds and finding the right presents, I don't care for that at all. And even when I bought the present, I always feel a little nervous when it comes to actually giving it, handing it over. I think I've been scared by a sort of childhood, teenage experience of buying presents for a relative who, no matter what you gave her, she always disapproved. She didn't literally shove it back in your face, but she might as well have done. As she opened your present, the look on her face or the remark muttered under her breath left you in no doubt she didn't want that gift. Now that is just a little picture of the tragedy of Christmas. God who made the world came into the world, but the world didn't recognise him, wouldn't accept him as God. Because of his great love for us, God came as the greatest gift. He came to his own people and yet his own people rejected him, typified in no room at the inn but seen right through his life. Jesus lived a life of sorrow and rejection. See, he demonstrated clearly that he was God. He performed the most amazing miracles. He turned water into wine. He healed a child who was dying. He fed 5,000 people with just five loaves and two fish. He walked on water. He gave sight to a blind man. He even raised the dead. He did things that are out of this world to prove that he is out of this world. A good friend of mine from years back, his name is Steve, Uh, when we were talking about the heart of the Christmas story, Steve said to me, if I could meet Jesus, if I could talk to him, touch him, see him perform miracles, then I'd believe. The tragedy is there were people who did meet Jesus, who did talk to him and, and who touched him and saw him carrying about these most amazing miracles and yet they rejected him. They said, we will not have him as our king That is the great tragedy of Christmas. But before I'm too hasty to condemn them, I know what it is to reject the king. I know what it is to sit where God should sit. I know what it is to say, no, no, I am the captain of my own life. I don't want anyone telling me how to live my life. But look, if God is there, and Christmas tells us he is because he's come among us, if God is there, the true and living God who made everything, then it's right that he calls the shots. A Mori poll a couple of uh, years back showed that three million family rows take place in the UK over Christmas. Three million. Many of them begin over the smallest things. So Billy throws a wobbly when he loses at Tiddlywinks. As he gets into a complete strop, he single-handedly ruins Christmas for everyone else. And what moments earlier had been a fun family time has been ruined. Or you can make excuses for Billy. He's tired and overexcited. It's past his bedtime He's only 18. (laughs) You you can make excuses, but the moment's been ruined. And what happens at Christmas happens all year round. When things don't go our way, we get grumpy and irritated with others. We don't like it when life doesn't work out perfectly for us and we take it out on those around us. (laughs) It seems especially the ones that we love the most. We don't care for other people giving us advice. And we don't like it when another person does that. We certainly don't like it when the government tells us how to live. And frankly, we don't like it when God tells us how to live. And so he came into the world 
the world that he made, but we won't acknowledge him as our king. And Christmas rolls round, and Christmas after Christmas, 49 of them in my case, and each Christmas it's as if he comes to us afresh. Christmas comes and, and Christmas goes, and, and New Year comes, and we won't have him as our king. That is the great tragedy of Christmas. But listen to the wonder of Christmas. Let me read again those words that we had right at the beginning of our time together. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Because of Christmas, it's possible to become part of God's family. Last week, when all the snow had turned to ice and and it was treacherous underfoot, just as it is uh, getting again this week, whenever I went out, I found myself with this dilemma. Maybe you did too. I could either walk on the pavement and risk breaking my leg or or I could walk on the road and risk getting run over. I got so fed up with it, I dug out my passport and dreamt of flying off to warmer climbs. So here is my passport. It says who I am, uh, what country I belong to. Uh, It says that I'm in good standing with this government. And if I leave this country, it enables me to get back in. Now, God tells us that Christmas is about giving us the passport to enter the kingdom of God and into his family. And it's a wonder because we don't deserve the passport. When you have a criminal record, you can't get a passport from the government. And it's like that in a spiritual realm. And the tragedy is that before God, we all have a criminal record. Now, I have three children. Uh, 10-year-old twins, Susanna and Bethan, and 7-year-old Joshua. Uh, Look, if they walked into the same room as you and you ignored them, or worse, if you were rude to them and and pushed them out of the way, then let me tell you, at that point, you and I would become enemies. Now, I doubt that bothers you very much, and it certainly won't frighten you because I am only 5 foot 6 and a half inches tall. But, But when we do the same with God's Son and become God's enemies, well, that really should bother us. Because he is the creator of everything. He created 100 billion galaxies. He is not the person to pick a fight with. And so when we think about all the Christmases that have rolled by and all the years when we've been part of the tragedy of of just pushing God to one side, all the years when quite unjustifiably we've said, no, no, to Jesus, no, I will not have you as my king. When we think about that, it's not only a tragedy, it's a calamity waiting to happen. But here's the wonder of Christmas. Despite all the Christmases that have passed us by, all the times that we've said no to Jesus, there's a way to be brought back into his family and to be given the passport into his kingdom. How kind of our God to do that for us. That's why Jesus came that first Christmas. And that's why Christmas is the greatest event that ever happened. Do you know in these last months it has hit me harder than than ever why we all need to be accepted back into God's family. And just why we need this passport back into his kingdom. It hit me three weeks ago when I was asked to visit someone suffering with terminal cancer. Honestly and bravely, this dear lady was facing up to the fact that she was dying. She wanted to talk to me about the details of her funeral and so we did. And then after we'd done that, I asked her a very simple question. I said to her, have you made your peace with God or aren't you sure? And she said to me, I'm not sure. And I said to her, can I tell you how you can be sure? And she said, yes. And so we talked a little bit about how she could be at peace with God. We talked about the things of Christmas. How God is the creator of everything. And yet how we've we've pushed him to one side throughout our lives. 
Uh, We talked about the fact that Jesus came into the world to live a perfect life and and die the perfect death so that we could be forgiven for all the times that we push God out. That we can have a fresh start with God and to begin again and, and have him as our king and be part of his family so that when we die, God would accept us into his kingdom and into his family. And I said to this dear lady, Isn't that some, is that something you'd like to do? And she said to me, it was. And so I, I led her in a prayer and she prayed along with me that she might receive Christ. On that day, three weeks ago, she joined God's family. For as our reading says, for all who receive him, he gives the right to become children of God. And as we finished the prayer, with a tear in her eye, she looked at me and said, what a relief. What a relief. What a relief that I'm at peace with God. What a relief that I'm ready to meet my maker. That's what she meant. And on Tuesday, just gone, in this very building, I took that dear lady's funeral. But at that service, I had confidence that she is now with the Lord. Not because she lived a decent life, but because she received Christ as her king. That's the wonder of Christmas. And I feel the wonder of it all the more acutely this year than perhaps ever before. Because six months ago, in the early hours of Sunday, June the 20th, I had a telephone call from my brother. I'll never forget his words to me. He said this, he said, I'm at Lister Hospital, Dad's just died. It was quite unexpected and in a week's time as we get together on Christmas Day there'll be a huge hole in our family. The Christmas, uh, Christmas won't be the same without Dad. And I know there are many here this evening who will feel the same. Christmas without a loved one, it's agony. It will be for us. But let me tell you, when we're face to face with death, knowing the true message of Christmas is such a relief. My dad had received Christ. And to all who received him, he gives the right to become children of God. And so I have complete confidence that my dad is now with the Lord in heaven and safe for all eternity. That's the wonder of Christmas. See, a year ago, my dad sat in this very service just down there. Didn't enter our minds that he wouldn't be sitting here this Christmas. And that's why Christmas is so crucial for every man and woman and boy and girl. For you see, this is an invitation to all Listen again to the words, to all who received him, he gives the right to become children of God. No matter how bad we've been, and it is so good being part of God's family. He is such a wonderful God. One day we will all stand before the creator of everything. And the tragedy of Christmas says that you can stand there as one who did not receive Jesus. But the wonder of Christmas is that you can stand as one who did receive him. And so become a member of God's family, given the passport into his kingdom. Again, you see, we sang it in the carols. Did you notice it? O come, true branch of Jesse, free your children from this tyranny, from the depth of hell your people save, to rise victorious from the grave. Today would be a great day to pick up your passport into the family of God. If you've let many Christmases pass you by and you you haven't let Jesus be your king, today would be a great day to say, I don't want another one, don't want to let another one slip through my fingers. And to say, Lord Jesus, I want you to rule my life. Now, I don't know where you stand when it comes to the things of God, but I'm going to pray a prayer for people who have just let it slip through their fingers. People who are saying right now, I'm not going to let that happen again. I want to start again with God. I'm going to pray this prayer and before I do I'll read it so that you know whether you want to pray it 
as well. Here is how it goes. It goes like this. Dear God, thank you for your great love in sending your son Jesus to be born on earth. I confess that I've turned away from you and deserve your condemnation. I now trust in Jesus and his death on the cross as the only way by which I can be right with you. Please give me your Holy Spirit and strengthen me to serve you to the very end of my life and then take me to live in your new creation forever. In Jesus' name, Amen. That's the prayer. I'm going to pray it right now and as I pray it, I'll pray it line by line and if you want to, as it were, take the passport into God's kingdom, then you can echo this prayer in your heart and mind. God will hear you uh, and you can say it line by line. I'll leave a pause between each line. So let's pray now. Dear God, thank you for your great love in sending your son Jesus to be born on earth. I confess that I've turned away from you and deserve your condemnation. I now trust in Jesus and his death on the cross as the only way by which I can be right with you Please give me your Holy Spirit and strengthen me to serve you to the very end of my life and then take me to live in your new creation forever. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now if you've just prayed that prayer along with me then I'll be standing at the door as you leave. Uh, David, my colleague, will be at the other door and we'll have this little red booklet and we'd love to give this to you. Uh, all you need to do is say I prayed that prayer or, or I'd like one uh, and we'll give one to you. Uh, and let me extend an invitation to you and indeed to everyone here to take this card away. You'll have found it on the uh, seats as you came in. It simply says at the top make a new start with God in the new year and has all the details of our services uh, it's self-explanatory, isn't it? Why don't you come back? You'll find a warm welcome here. Come back in the new year and begin again with God.